This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman! Kent and Lois Lane determined to fight the unknown dangerous elements that thwart their progress, little realizing the dire menace hanging over anyone who helps them. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, it'd be a tough job to locate a fellow or girl who doesn't get a kick out of the funny papers. So it's no wonder those nifty comic buttons that new series Kellogg's Pep is putting out make such a big hit. Because every single character on every single one of those 18 different buttons is straight from the comic strips. Take Vitamin Flintheart, for instance. Why, you'd know him anytime with his slouch hat and his fuzzy fur coat. And Chief Brandon, why, he looks so real he could speak. Of course, Superman's an old favorite with his bright blue jersey and his Superman insignia. And remember, these pep comic buttons are done up in full color. Sure, they show up like anything when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. So hop to it, gang. Ask Mom to get you another box or two of Kellogg's Pet. That's the only way you can get these comic buttons, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but you get this really terrific prize, plus a catchy sunny dish for breakfast in every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Yes, sir, Pep's a prize when it comes to good eating, all right. So golden, toasted, and delicious that, well, you practically can't resist it. So ask Mom for lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Now, the adventures of Superman. While covering a routine story of a drought in the farming area of Freeville, Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, mysteriously disappeared. Fred Leonard, editor and publisher of the little local paper, told Clark Kent that a group of war veterans who had taken homesteads nearby and who were facing ruin because of the drought had been robbing and pillaging. And Leonard hinted that the veterans might have seized Lois to prevent her from wiring the stories of their vandalism to the Daily Planet. As Superman, Kent searched the farms of the veterans, and finding nothing, returned to Freeville, where he questioned Abner Sykes, the elderly telegrapher, whom he suspected of knowing more than he would admit. 
As they were talking, the door of the little telegraph office opened, and Lois staggered in, falling in a dead faint in Kent's arms. As we continue now, Kent has placed her on a chair, and with Abner Sykes, is trying to revive the girl reporter. Listen. Lois. Rubber hands, Mr. Sykes. I am rubbing him. Doesn't seem to have been injured. He must have suffered some shock. Told her to go back to Metropolis. Lois, talk to me. Told you to go, too. Oh, stop that nonsense. Case nonsense. You'll be sorry. This doesn't seem to be coming around. Where's the nearest doctor, Mr. Sykes? Doc Bedlow. Office over the bank. Well, get him on the phone, please. Tell him to rush right over here. Okay. Oh. No, wait a minute. Maybe... Yes, I think she's coming, too. Oh, good. Quick, get me a glass of water, please. I already got it on the bench in your hand there. Oh, oh yes, thanks. Clark. Easy, Lois. Wait a minute now. Drink this. Come on. Don't try to talk yet. Drink this water. That's it. Wait a minute. Hold your head up. Come on. Drink all of it. Come on. Drink some more. That's the girl. Feel better now? Yes. Easy now. Now, wait a minute. Don't try to talk yet. Just rest a moment. No, I'm all right. I was just exhausted. I must have run about two miles. Ran two miles? Yes. Now, you wait, see, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you have to talk, suppose you start at the beginning and tell me everything that happened. Well, nothing happened until this afternoon. I just went around Freeville asking questions about the drought, and nobody would answer me. All they did was look scared. Yes, I know. I had the same experience. I couldn't understand it. So this afternoon, I started down here to see Mr. Sykes again. I had a feeling he knew a lot more than he was telling. Don't know nothing. You mean you're not talking? We'll let that pass for a moment. Go on, Lois. Well, I started to walk down from the hotel. It's just a couple of blocks from here, you know. I know. And I was going past a, a broken-down old building. The uh, granary it was. Ain't used now, though. Pete Simpkins built a new one other end of town. I see. Well, whatever it was, I was going past it when somebody called my name. Miss Lane. So I stopped and looked around, but I didn't see anybody. And then this voice called me again. Miss Lane. This time I realized the voice came from the old granary. So, without thinking, I just stepped toward the open door, and then somebody grabbed me. Get that sack over here. Okay. Stop fighting, sister. Do you no good. That does it. Now, inside with her. There was chloroform soaked into that sack over my head, and soon I felt myself losing consciousness. I don't know how long I was out, but when I woke up, I was sitting on the ground in some cold, damp, musty place. It was kind of eerie, almost pitch black, except for a candle set quite a way back on the ground. Two men stood between me and the candle, but it was too dark to see their faces. And the small, flickering light threw weird shadows on the walls and made them seem enormous. I asked them who they were. And what the meaning of this was. Never mind who we are, Miss Lane. All we gotta say is that you're a lucky girl. Lucky? What do you mean? You're lucky you're not dead. Look, what's the meaning of all this? We don't like reporters in Freeville, that's all. Especially reporters from out of town. Why not? What have I done to you? Nothing. We just don't like reporters. Oh, stop playing mysterious. Just what is going on around here? Why does everybody seem so scared? Don't waste your breath asking questions, Miss Lane. Besides, asking questions ain't healthy around here. But, But why? What's behind all this? Ain't nothing to concern you. Now, the eastbound limited goes through Freeville at midnight. You get on it and don't come back. Now, look here. You can't tell... You heard me get out of Freeville on the limited tonight and stay out. Understand? And suppose I refuse. That'll be the last you'll ever refuse in this world, Miss Lane. Because I warn you, if you're still in town by morning, you won't be breathing. And 
that's the whole story, Clark. Except that after that, they put the sack over my head again, and they made me climb up a tall ladder. A ladder? Yes, it seemed as if I climbed and climbed until suddenly the air got clearer. Gee, must have been the old lead mine they took you to. A lead oh, mine? I think that it did feel as if we were in a mine shaft. That's where you were, all right. Lead, the one substance I can't see. The old Brewster mine. What did you say? How's that? Oh, no, nothing, Mr. Sykes, nothing, Lois. Uh, finish your story. How did you get back here? Oh, well, the men put me back in the car and drove a few minutes, and then they took me out and spun me around and around until I was so dizzy. Uh Then I heard them drive off. But by the time I stopped reeling and got the sack off my head, they were out of sight. Of course. I could see the lights of a town in the distance, and I started running toward it. Well, it turned out to be Freeville. Uh I was pretty winded by the time I got here, and so... That's why you fainted. That's right. Poor kid, you had a rough time. Listen, Lois, did you get a look at the men at all? I mean, enough to identify them? No, I didn't, Clark. You see, they threw the sack over my head right away. Mm -hmm. And in the mine, it was too dark, I guess. That's right. Look, Clark, why do you suppose they don't want reporters around? What is going on in Freeville? I I don't know exactly, but I do know this much. There's a lot of bad feeling out here against the war veterans on the Homestead Farm Project. The war? uh, It's created an equal amount of bad feeling on the part of the veterans. How do you mean? Well, people have accused the veterans of pillaging and burglary and other acts of vandalism. The veterans say that's a lie and accuse the political leaders of trying to discredit them and so get rid of them. I see. Well, why would anyone want to discredit the war veterans? According to Jerry Barton, head of the Veterans Post on the project, the politicians feel the veterans are a threat to their rule out here. Also, Jerry says they object to the fact that some of the veterans go to a different church or have a different colored skin for most of the natives out here. Why, what difference does that make? They're all Americans, aren't they? They all fought for their country, and all Americans are entitled to equal rights. That's right, but unfortunately, some people don't think so, Lois. Well, then they're bigots. They're un-American. Wait a minute, now. Take it easy. Well, I never heard... So far, we have only Jerry Barton's word on all this, but we're going to find out. Well, Mr. Sykes here will know. What about it, Mr. Sykes? Do you think our veterans are being pushed around and persecuted? Seven o'clock local being pretty soon, Miss Lane. Oh, now, Better look, take I... it. Oh, don't change the subject. Remember I what them villagers told you to I mind? don't care what they told me. They can't scare me, and neither can you. Look, Lois, maybe Mr. Sykes is right. Maybe you should go back to Metropolis. I'll stay oh, here. Oh, yes, so... you'll stay here and scoop me on the big story. Oh, hmm? now, don't be ridiculous. Well, Something I... far more important than a mere story going on here. Your life's in danger. You've already been threatened. No view, I... Mr. That telegram, remember? Oh, that. What telegram? No, it's nothing, Lois. Just a telegram some crackpot sent me suggesting that I leave town. But I still think Save your you... breath, Clark. This sounds like big stuff to me, and I'm seeing it through with you. Yeah, well, I didn't really think you'd leave, but... You mean you're both staying? We certainly are. Well, so now that you know where we stand, Mr. Sykes, maybe you'll agree to help us by telling us what you know. I, uh... I don't know. Come on, Mr. Sykes. It's your duty as an American. Well, might be a good thing. I assure you, you won't regret it. What do you say? Well... Hmm... Yep, reckon I will. Oh, that's wonderful. Now we're getting someplace. All right, Mr. Sykes, start talking. Eagerly, Clark Kent and Lois Lane wait for the white-haired old telegrapher to begin telling them what he knows of the mysterious goings-on in Freeville. What will he reveal? In his little telegraph office, old Abner Sykes has just agreed to tell Clark Kent and Lois Lane what deep, dark mystery is gripping Freeville. As we rejoin them now, Sykes gets up and walks toward the door. Where are you going, Mr. Sykes? Yeah, close up. Close up? Yep, it's closing time. Oh. More private, too. Well, that's right, but why are you going out? Gonna have a look around outside. Make sure nobody's spying. Be right back. Okay. Sure is frightened, isn't he, Clark? Yes, and so is everyone else in this crazy town. Uh Uh-huh. It is everyone but my good friend and fellow newspaper man. Who do you mean? Local Gazette editor, Fred... What's that? Pistol shots. Good heavens, what do you think? Come on, follow me. What? Lois, Look! On the sidewalk. It's Mr. Sykes. Shocked, Clark Kent and Lois Lane stand outside the little telegraph office. 
where in the faint light from the open door, old Abner Sykes lies motionless on the ground, his eyes closed. Obviously, this was a deliberate attempt to keep the truth from Clark Kent and Lois Lane. But who shot the old telegrapher just before he could reveal the secret of the mystery that grips the town of Freeville? Don't miss tomorrow's tense and exciting episode as Superman and Lois Lane battle through a dark, tangling web of mystery and danger. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent and Lois Lane's continued probing for information behind the mystery of Freeville brings them that much closer to the edge of doom. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, most fellas and girls think that surprises are more fun than anything. And that's why you members of the gang get such a kick out of it when Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet. Because you never know exactly which comic button you're going to find inside. Could be any one of 18 in that new series, you know. Old favorite funny paper characters like uh, Brenda Starr and the Little Moose and Pat Patton and, and Tess Trueheart, Chief Brandon, Vitamin Flintheart, and Superman, of course. And if it's a duplicate comic button, you know, like one that you already have pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap, why, that's even more fun, because then you can exchange with your pals. And you know, the best part is, these pep comic buttons are so easy to collect. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to stock up on Kellogg's Pep. 
and look for your prize in every package you open. That's Pep, the whole wheat flakes with the kale, the crisp, fresh Kellogg cereal that's the doggone good tasting that every single spoonful calls for more. Yes, sir, Kellogg's Pep is the breakfast dish for you. So ask Mom to get P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Arriving in Freeville to cover a routine story of a prolonged dry spell, Lois Lane was captured by two unknown men who finally released the girl reporter only after warning her to leave Freeville that night or die. Clark Kent, who as we know is Superman, believed that the threat to Lois was tied up somehow with the bad feeling existing between the local bigwigs and politicians and a group of war veterans who were homesteading nearby. Convinced that Abner Sykes, the close-mouthed telegrapher, knew a great deal about the mystery, Kent and Lois finally persuaded him to take them into his confidence. But before the old man could reveal what he knew, he was shot by an unseen assailant. As we continue now, the two reporters are in the corridor of the little local hospital, where they wait anxiously for word of Abner Sykes' condition. Listen. I do hope Mr. Sykes will pull through. So do I, Lois. He seems gruff, but he's really such a sweet old man. Mm. Why would anyone want to shoot him? Well, that's obvious to keep him from talking, of course. Really? Well, certainly. Sykes obviously knows the answer to what's going on here in Freeville. Why all the people seem afraid and, and why they walk away when you try to question them. Oh, yes, but just What's more, say... he knows what's behind the ill feeling between the local bigwigs and the war veterans on that farm project. That's why he was shot. You mean to keep him from telling us? Definitely. Good heavens. What do you suppose is going on, Clark? Well, I'm not sure yet. I am certain it's something big, very big. Yes, I suppose so. Oh, Clark, Mr. Sykes must pull Wait a minute, Lois. Here comes the doctor now. Oh, dear, I'm afraid of him. You're up. He's smiling. He is? Uh-huh. Well, what's the good word, doctor? <laughs> that old Abner. Never saw the likes of him. Oh, what do you mean, doctor? How is Mr. Sykes? <laughs> He's fine, Candy. Just fine. Oh, how wonderful. There's not a thing wrong with him. Old Abner sheds bullets just like that Superman fella does. Sheds what? bullets? <laughs> That's right. You see, old Abner made himself a bulletproof vest. Oh, no. A bulletproof vest? <laughs> Stitched it right into his red flannel underwear. Well, I'll be hanged. That's all, brother. <laughs> yeah. I've known old Ab all my life, and always said he was the smartest man in the county, even though he hardly ever opened his mouth. Yes, sir. I knew he knew what he was doing all the time, too. Wasn't taking any chances. What do you mean, Doctor? He wasn't taking any chances with whom? Uh, look, I'm just a medical man, Kent. Yes, I know, but and you're I don't to... meddle with politics or anything else outside my profession. But you just said Mr. Sykes was your friend. Yes, and somebody tried to shoot him, so it's your duty to find... My duty is to help the sick and injured. It's a sheriff's job to find the man who tried to kill Ab Sykes. Well, that's right, but I understand the sheriff is out of town, It's so... still his job. Got a family and... Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. I came out to tell you that Abner's all right. He's just stunned from the force of the bullets. And he wants to see you two. Oh, you mean we can see him now? That's right, Miss Lane. You can go right on in. Oh, thank you, Doctor. Come on, Lois. That you, Mr. Kidd? Yes, Mr. Sykes. Miss Lane with you? Uh-huh. Yes, I'm right here. Good. Come on over to the bed. Well, we're both mighty glad to know you weren't hurt. Are you sure you're all right now? Yep, just got a little pain in my chest is all. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's nothing. No great harm done. Oh, thanks to your bulletproof vest. Yep, came in handy this time, did. You can say that again. Why, when we saw you lying on the ground... never mind that now, Lois. Look, uh, Mr. Sykes, do you know who shot you? Yep, I do. Who was it? Tell you later. Why can't you tell us now? Well, I gotta tell you the whole story all at one time. Oh. 
But look, we've got to get You and Miss Lane here sure got gumption, Kent. Thanks. That's what we need here in Freeville. Folks with gumption who'll stand up to them scalawags. What scalawags? Them which up to ruin Freeville. Maybe the whole country besides. Just what do you mean, Mr. Sykes? Well, can't tell you exactly, because some things I'm sure of and some I'm not quite so sure of. Well, suppose we start with the things you are sure of. Well, here's how it is. When we first heard about them war veterans coming in here... Oh, what is this? Hello, Mr. Kent. Oh, hi, Mr. Leonard. Abner, you old scallywag. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Clayton. Uh, yes, sir. What is it? I'd like you to meet a fellow newspaper man. Oh. Oh, a pleasure, I'm sure. Uh, Mr. Clark Kent of the Metropolis Daily Planet, meet the Honorable Edward C. Clayton. Three times governor of this state. How do you do? Mr. Kent, it's an honor to make the acquaintance of a fine journalist such as you are reputed to be. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Miss Lane, may I present Mr. Clayton? Lane, and, uh, Mr. Leonard? Did I, uh, did I hear you say Miss Lane, sir? Yes, you did. I'm Lois Lane, also of the Metropolis Daily Planet. Oh. Why, uh, why, this is the young lady who was reported missing, Mr. Clayton. Ah. Well, I'm uh, I'm delighted to meet you, my dear. As soon as I heard you were missing, I said, uh, she'll show up all right. Nothing happens to folks in my state. No, three, Bob. Well, something did happen this time. Uh, uh, what's that? Oh, no, nothing, nothing. She's just joking. Lois, I'd like you to meet Fred Leonard, editor and publisher of the Freeville Gazette. How do you do, Mr. Uh, Leonard? Uh, pleasure to meet you, Miss Lane. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is a real pleasure to meet the representatives of so, so excellent a newspaper as the Daily Planet. Yes, sir, Bob. A great newspaper. Go away. Everybody, please go away. Huh? Why? Why, Abner, I'm surprised at you. That's no way to talk to your friends who come over to see you as soon as they heard something had happened to you. Nothing happened to me. Nothing? Nope. Uh, what's all this I hear about somebody taking a shot at you? Why, yes, we were all upset when we heard about it, Abner, and we rushed right over here. Well, nothing to be upset about. Just go away and take them reporter folks away from me. What? Listen, now, look here. You heard me? Go away. You bother me. Now, now, Abner. Hey, what's gotten into you, Mr. Sykes? Lois. You're the one man who can tell us what's going on here in I Freedom. tell you, I don't know nothing. Look, Lois, I think we'd better run well, along. Look, what's gotten into well, you? I'm sorry, Miss Lane. You and Mr. Kent got to let me alone. I'm a sick man. Can't stand questioning. And I don't know nothing. Well, I'll uh, be... Folks, folks, I, I think I'd better apologize for my friend Abner. Uh, after all, he, he did just suffer a great shock. Oh, yes, and he's sort of upset. Maybe we'd all better just leave now, don't you think so, Mr. Clayton? Uh, yes, Fred, I do. I'm uh, I'm sure Miss Lane and Mr. Kent will understand. Yes, yes, of course. Come on, Lois. But Clark... Come on, please. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Sykes. Hope you recover quickly. Yes, yes, indeed, Abner. That expresses the sentiments of us all, I'm sure. Uh, come on, Fred. <laughs> well, goodbye, Abner. See you again soon. Uh, Miss Lane, uh, Mr. Kent, I, uh, I want to tell you again how happy I am to meet you, and, and I want you to know how much I think of your paper, The Daily Planet. Yes, sir, Bob. What this country needs is more fine papers like that, which spread the gospel of understanding and progress. Huh. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clayton. Yes, sir. You know, you know, we're all brothers under the stars and stripes. All of us Americans, that is. And the sooner we understand that, the sooner we'll all get along like brothers. Right, Fred? That's absolutely right, Mr. Clayton. Yes, but there's something going on here that's uh, not fair. Nice to have met you, Mr. Clayton. Hope to see you again sometime. Come on, Lois. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, we've got a car. Can we drop you somewhere? Yes. Uh, thank you, no. We'd rather walk. Goodbye. Of course, I want to Still angry and puzzled by what she has just seen and heard, 
Lois Lane is literally dragged by Clark Kent away from the Honorable Ed Clayton and Editor Fred Leonard. What is going on? As we rejoin them now, Clark Kent and Lois Lane have returned to the Central Hotel in Freeville and are walking through the third floor corridor to their respective rooms. Lois, still furious, is trying to make sense out of Abner Sykes' strange behavior. Listen. You mean Mr. Sykes suddenly changed his tune because he was afraid of Mr. Clayton and Mr. Leonard? Is that what you're trying to say, Clark? I'm not sure, Lois. Either he was afraid of them or else he just didn't want to reveal what he knew. But he was just about to tell us everything. I know. Well, that's because we're outsiders. So we're not involved in whatever is going on around here between the local bigwigs and politicians and the war veterans. Yes, but... And as you remember, Mr. Sykes said he wasn't sure of all his facts. Just some of them. All my hunch is that he wanted our help in finding all the facts. Oh, hold it, you're wrong. Look, Clark, let's go back to the hospital. No. With Leonard and that flag-waving ex-governor gone, maybe... No, I, I don't think that's smart, Lois. And anyway, you need a rest after all you've gone through today. Oh, you're right. Gee, I... Oh, I am pretty tired. Of course you are. You've got a good night's sleep. I'll see you in the morning, and we'll continue our investigation then. Okay, Clark. Mm, good night. Good night, Lois. I'll knock on your door at 7 o'clock. Okay, Clark. Matter, are you having trouble? Yes, the door's stuck. Hey, wait a minute, I'll help you. Oh, never mind. Here it is. It's opening now. Look out, Lois! Look, look out! I said get back! Horrified, Clark Kent springs forward his X-ray vision, perceiving something within the room just as Lois enters it, and a violent explosion shatters the silence of the little village hotel. What has happened to the girl reporter? Is this the answer to Lois's defiance of the warning to get out of Preville? What is going on in this sleepy little farming area? Don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Superman stalks the mysterious forces which hold Freeville in its evil clutches. Events fraught with great danger move thick and fast against him. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, if you were the only fellow or girl in the world who was collecting those comic buttons in that new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pet... 
Well, it wouldn't be half as much fun. What makes it exciting is that so many of your friends are collecting them, too. You know, so you can compare notes. And you can even trade duplicates. And it really means something when you wear all your comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap for everybody to see how many you've collected. Yes, sir, there's a real thrill in adding any one of those 18 different pep comic buttons to your collection. Brenda Starr, or Goofy, or Beezy, or, or Superman, and all the rest. So remind Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's pep. Because that's the only way you can get these new comic buttons. You don't send it any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But there's an exciting prize every time you open a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. There's good eating, too, because these are the whole wheat flakes with a sunny golden toasted flavor. What's more, Mom's glad to see you polish off your breakfast bowl of Kellogg's Pet. Because Pep gives you energy vitamin B1, plus good old sunshine vitamin D. That's extra important these wintry days when the sun's rays aren't quite so strong. So ask Mom to get P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now the adventures of Superman. A prolonged dry spell in the area of Breville, where 300 war veteran farmers face ruin, brought Lois Lane and then Clark Kent, reporters for the Metropolis Daily Planet, to the scene. And at once, things began to happen. First, unknown men warned Lois to leave Freeville at once or forfeit her life. Then Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, received a similar warning. Finally, old Abner Sykes, the local telegrapher, narrowly escaped death as he was about to reveal what he knew to the reporters. Returning to their hotel after learning that Sykes was all right, Kent had just said goodnight to Lois. And as she opened the door of her room and started to step inside, he suddenly lunged toward her, shouting a warning. Look out, Lois! Just as the explosion shattered the stillness, Clark Kent, whose X-ray vision had enabled him to see the danger to Lois a split second before, leaped forward with the speed of light and shielded the girl reporter from the searing flash with his own body. As we continue now, shaken but unhurt, Lois stares in wide-eyed astonishment at her wrecked hotel room. Listen. Good heavens. What, what happened, Claude? Plenty. A booby trap just missed getting you, Lois. Uh, a booby trap? Yes, a charge of dynamite was set in a can on the floor of your room here. Good heavens. A wire running from the can was attached to the doorknob. What? When you opened the door, you set off the charge. Good gracious, I, I might have been killed. Exactly what was intended by whoever set this little trap. But, but who set it? Undoubtedly, the same men who warned you to leave Free Freeville and tried to finish old Abner Sykes tonight were behind this. Why, of course, it must have been. Sure. But what's it all about, Clark? What is going on in this town? I don't know yet, but believe me, I'm going to find out. Oh, we're getting company. Oh, Miss Lane. Mr. Kent, what happened? Mr. Keeley, you're the manager of this hotel, aren't you? That's right, but what happened? You come in here, please. I want to talk to you. Oh, yes, Stand yes, back, everybody. Oh, good gracious, look at this room. Pretty, isn't it? Look here, Mr. Keeley. Miss Lane, are you all right? Yes, saved by a miracle. Look, what kind of a place is Wait this a minute, anyway? Let me handle this, please. My word, Mr. Kent, the whole back of your suit coat is gone. What? It is? Yes, and your shirt is blackened. Really? Oh, Clark, you must have been burned when you shielded me from the bomb. Bomb? Why, you saved my life, but you were caught by the explosion. Oh, no. oh well, n- never mind that now, Lois. You see, I'm okay, and But I, I don't understand. Stop wasting time. Remember, Lois, somebody is using us for clay pigeons around here. We've got to put a stop to it. Yes, Now, look, you're... somebody, please tell me what happened here. That's what we want you to tell us, Mr. Keeler. Well, how can I tell is you? Is it the custom to furnish a bomb with each room in your hotel? What? How absurd, Mr. Kent. I can't believe there was a bomb. Oh, you oh no? Well, that explosion you heard wasn't me cracking my bubble gum, Mr. Keeler. Well, well no, of course it not. It was Mr. a bomb, all right, and it was meant to do away with Miss Lane. Jump at your husband. Now, who would do a thing like that? Well, we thought you might have some ideas on that subject. I? Yes. The bomb didn't walk in here by itself, you know. Somebody obviously brought it in. Well, yes, of course, but but I have no idea who did it. You haven't, eh? Well, certainly not. I, I think I'll call Sheriff Cleary at once. Perhaps he can find it. 
Oh, I forgot. The sheriff's out of town. Is the sheriff the whole police force around here? Why, yes, he is, Miss Lane. After all, Freeville's a small place, uh, you know. We'll have to get along without the sheriff, then. I think you can help us, Mr. Keeler, if you want to. Oh, naturally, I'll be happy to do anything I can to help clear up this terrible thing, Mr. Kent. All right. Tell me this. Yes? What's behind the ill feeling between the local natives and politicians and the war veterans who've taken homesteads and the reclaimed land in this county? Well, I... I wouldn't know anything about that. Oh, here we go again, Clark. Yes, you're as bad as the others around here, Keeler. Well, now, look here. All right, we'll handle this our own way. We can't do anything until morning, and you need sleep, Lois. Yes, but I can't sleep in what's left of this mess. Well, I, I can't tell you how much I regret this inconvenience to you, but uh, there, there's a vacant room across the hall, and then you can have that, Miss Lane. All right, I'll take it. Oh, very good. Uh, follow me, please. Seeing Lois Lane safely to another room, Kent returns to his own room, where he spends the night in a watchful vigil. But the little hotel is quiet, and so is Freeville. At 7.30 the next morning, Kent raps on Lois's door to awaken her. Then, after a hearty breakfast, the two reporters hurry to the small local hospital where the night before they had left Abner Sykes, the old telegrapher. We'd like to see Mr. Abner Sykes, please. He's not here. What? He isn't. He left the hospital about an hour ago. Oh, no. You know where he went? Back to his telegraph office, I guess. Doctor said there was nothing wrong with him. I see. All right, thanks very much. Come on, Lois. <laughs> You're looking for old Abner, eh? That's right. They told us at the hospital that he... Well, Abner ain't around. We can see that, but what can we want... Can tell us where to find him? Well, I didn't know she can, mister. Why? He went off on a little vacation, you see. What? Vacation? That's right. He got me out of bed about an hour ago, said he was plum wore out, needed a little vacation. Oh. And told me to take over the office while he was gone. Oh, Clark. See, I spell him once in a while, holidays and so. Name's Lamb Hawkins. Well, did he happen to say where he was going for his vacation, Lamb? No, sir, he didn't. What'll we do, Clark? Mr. Sykes is the only one who might tell us the truth about what's going on in this I town. I know, Lois. Look, Lamb, don't you have any idea where Mr. Sykes went? No. All I know is he went south on Highway 319. 319? Yep. That's highway just below. Here. How long ago did he leave? Oh, half hour, maybe four to five minutes ago. Thanks very much. Come on, Lois. Okay. But where to now, Clark? You think I'm go- going after Mr. Sykes. You're you- going after him? How? Uh, well, don't, don't, don't worry. I'll find transportation. Now, listen. But you don't I- even know where he is. I know enough. Now, please, let's stop wasting time. After all, you admit our best chance to solve this whole mystery is to get hold of Mr. Sykes, don't you? Well, certainly. But I've got a hunch. He left so he wouldn't have to answer any questions. After somebody convinced him, it would mean his life. All right, I'll go along with you on that. But I've got to find him, so I want you to promise to sit tight in the hotel until I get back. Oh, now, wait a minute, Clark. I think I'd like to look over this veterans' farm project. Uh, I'm nothing doing. You've got to stay right here till I get back. But you said yourself you were sure the threats against us and everything else had something to do with the trouble between the veterans and the Navy. I know, but you can't risk getting into any more trouble. I won't get into trouble. I'm just going Please, to... Please, Lois, do as I ask. Just this once. Now, I assure you it's the safest and safest thing to do. But, Clark, after all, I'm not Lois, a child. please. Well, I... Every second counts if I'm to catch up with Mr. Sykes. Oh, well... All right, Clark. You promise to sit tight and do nothing till I get back? Yes, I promise. Good, thanks. I'll be back as soon as I can. Well, good luck. Thanks. Now, oh, where can I change clothes? Oh, that empty granary across the street. I hate to leave Lois even for a few minutes, but I think she'll be safe in broad daylight, and I can only catch up with Abner Sykes as Superman. Stepping into the deserted granary, Clark Kent swiftly strips down to the blue costume and red cape of Superman. And... Up, up, and away! Leaping out and high into the sky, Superman rockets away above Highway 319 in pursuit of the old telegrapher, Abner Sykes. Returning to the Preville Hotel alone, Lois Lane is approached by a husky, sunburned young man who has apparently been waiting there for her. 
Are you Miss Lois Lane? Yes. I'm Jerry Barton. I'm one of the fellows of the Veterans Homestead Farm Project. Oh, yes, Mr. Barton. Mr. Kent told me about meeting you. Uh-huh. Well, look, do you know where he is now? Why, no, I don't. But the hotel manager said you'd gone out with him early this morning. Yes, I did, but he just left to, uh, to look for someone we want to talk with. Oh, I see. Any idea how soon he'll be back? No, Mr. Barton, I haven't. Why? Well, it's kind of important that I see him right away. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, could you tell me about it? I'm a reporter for the Daily Planet, too, you know. Yes, I, I know, but... Well, maybe you'll do as well as Mr. Kent on this. Oh, good. What is it? Well, look, you and Mr. Kent want to know what's going on around Freeville, don't you? Why we vets are in trouble with Fred Leonard and Uncle Ed Clayton and their gang. Why, yes. Well, I was just tipped off to something that's scheduled for this morning. And if you'll go there with me, it'll answer a lot of your questions. What do you mean? What's scheduled for this morning? Well, I haven't got time to explain, but you'll see when we get there. We've got to hurry if we're going to get there on time. Well, now, wait a minute. Can't you tell me more about this, uh, whatever it is? No, not now. There isn't time. But I'm sure you wouldn't want to miss this, Miss Lane. It, well, it'll tell you just about everything you want to know. Well, I, I don't know, Mr. Why? You're here to get a story, aren't you? Yes, certainly, but I promise... Well, this is a story, a real humdinger of a story. Yes, but I promised Clark Kent that I'd wait This story won't wait, Miss Lane. If you want it, you've got to come with me now. Okay. I'll go with you. That's the way to talk, Miss Lane. I've got my car outside. Come on. Deciding to disregard Clark Kent's warning and to break her promise not to leave the hotel for any reason until he returns, Lois Lane walks out and rides away with Jerry Barton. What, if any, is the story Jerry Barton says he has for Lois? And what of Superman rocketing farther and farther away from Preville on the trail of Abner Sykes, unaware that Lois has left the hotel with Jerry Barton? Is the girl reporter stepping into another trap? Tomorrow's episode is one of the most exciting in this series, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. As Clark Kent trails the path of Abner Sykes, his only clue, Lois Lane dangerously pursues another lead to the vicious mystery enveloping the town of Freeville. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, Barney Google's been in the comic strips for a long, long time. 
Why, uh, somebody even wrote a song about him once, so he's bound to be one of the favorites in that new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Uh, maybe you've already got him in your collection. There were 18 new and different buttons in all, you know. Every single one a familiar funny paper character like Brenda Starr or, or Cindy and, and Spud from Winnie Winkle and the Little Moose and Goofy and Beezy from Harold Teen and, and Judy and Corky and Superman, of course. And are these comic buttons bright with color? Why, they look mighty smart on your jacket or your dress or cap. Yes, sir. You'll want to collect every one of these new series buttons. And you can, too. Sure, easy as anything. You just ask Mom to, to keep you supplied with plenty of Kellogg's Pep. That's right. You don't send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy these prices anywhere, but you get a comic button in every package of Pep you open. And you get some mighty grand eating, too, because Pep is really terrific when it comes to sunny, golden toasted flavor. Every single flake and every single spoonful is crisp and fresh and tasty as can be. A swell breakfast dish. That's the Sunshine Cereal Gang, P-E-P, Kellogg's Pep. Ask Mom to get you some today. And now, the adventures of Superman. Frightened townspeople who refuse to answer questions. Anonymous warnings to leave town. Attempts on the lives of the local telegrapher in Lois Lane. These are some of the strange circumstances baffling Lois and Clark Kent, reporters for the Daily Planet who are in Freeville, center of a farming area in the grip of a severe drought. Now, after once again running against a black wall in an attempt to solve the mystery, Clark Kent and Superman left Freeville in pursuit of old Abner Sykes, the telegrapher, who had suddenly departed following the attempt on his life. Meanwhile, Lois was approached by Jerry Barton, head of a group of war veterans who had settled on homesteads nearby, who offered the key to the Freeville mystery. And as we continue now... The young veteran with Lois beside him is driving his car over a lonely country road. Listen. Now, can you tell me where we're going, Mr. Barton? Well, I... I don't know, Miss Lane. You don't know? Well, I mean, I... Uh, I don't I'm understand. Sure. What is this? Are you taking... Take it easy, Miss Lane. What I'm trying to say is that one of the boys, a buddy of mine, is going to tell us where to go. Oh? Well, what is this mysterious thing we're going to? A meeting. What meeting? Well, I don't know that exactly. Either, what do you but mean? I, well, Phil Dyer, my buddy, says this meeting is arranged to shoot the works. He now, can... look here, Mr. Barton. I don't like this. You said you could lead me to a terrific story, the answer to all the mystery in Freeville. That's right. And now you tell me you don't know where you're taking me, except that it's to some meeting or other, and you don't even know where the meeting is being held or anything no, about it. wait a minute, please. Who said I didn't know anything about it? You did. You I said, said I didn't know exactly what it was, but I do know this. The big shots will be there. And what's more important, they're all set to lay their cards on the table, according to Phil. Really? And who are these big shots that you're talking about? They're the boys who run things in Freeville and in this part of the state. The ones who pull the political strings everybody here has to dance to. But or who else. are they? The guys who've been trying to discredit the homesteading war veterans around here. Those who spread the stories that we're hotheads and foreigners. That we've been burglarizing and beating up people. But, but why are they doing that? Why do they They want, want to get rid of us, that's why. Get rid of you? Sure. Oh, we were great guys while we fought their war for them. Now we're not even good enough to make an honest living on the land that we protect. Wait a minute, will you? Who are these people that you're talking about? Well, you'll see that when we get there. But why can't you tell me now? Because I've tried to tell other people, and they wouldn't believe me. Or else they were afraid to believe me. Afraid? Yes, afraid. Everybody around here is afraid. So when Phil came in with the news about this meeting, I thought about your friend Kent. Because he seemed like a right Joe to me, uh... Like a guy who wouldn't faint when he saw his own shadow. I wouldn't call Clark exactly brave. I like I say. I've talked to other people who got cold feet as soon as they got the lowdown. So I decided I wouldn't take the chance of Kent or you running out the way the rest of them did. You're reporters for a big paper. You can help us by printing the truth. Look out for that girl! No, 
these roads like the back of my own hand. Well, take it easy, will you, please? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I decided this time I'd just offer Kent a big story and I'd take a chance of scaring him off by telling him all about it beforehand. Well, Kent is away. So the same goes for you, Miss Lane. And, well, that's why I've been so mysterious. Well, I certainly hope this meeting or whatever it is will explain all this hocus-pocus that Clark and I have been running into here in Freeville. You bet it will. And besides it... Uh-oh. What's the What are you stopping for? The car parked at the foot of the hill. See it? No. I don't see any car. It's pulled off the road on the right. Almost hidden by the brush there. You see it now? Oh, Oh, yes. Well, what about it? Well, we're getting near the meeting place now, so we've got to be careful. Someone may be posted in that car as a guard. I see. Well... No. No, it's okay. How do you know? Oh, I recognize this. Dyer's car. He said he'd be waiting there where the witch started. I just had to be sure. Well, of course. Look, is this meeting closed to you veteran homesteaders? <laughs> oh, and how? Then who are the people who... Wait a minute. I'll be quiet, please. I... I don't see your friend. No, he's not in the car. Must be nearby somewhere. Well, I'll give him the whistle. Okay, Jerry. Drive in here off the road. Why, he must have been behind that tree all the time. Uh-huh. Check, Phil. Hold on, Miss Lane. It's going to be a little bumpy. Okay, I'm set. <laughs> Okay. Get out, pal. From here in, you walk. Okay. Come on, Miss Lane. All right. Go ahead. Well, sure took you long enough to get here, Jerry. Oh, sorry, Phil. I had to wait for Miss Lane at her hotel. Oh, Miss Lane, this is Phil Dyer. How do you do, Mr. Dyer? How do you do? Look, Jerry. Huh? I don't get this. I thought you were bringing that Daily Planet reporter, Clark Kent. Why, Clark you Kent were... had to go somewhere, so I came instead. You see, you I... You came instead? Holy smokes, Jerry, are you off your nut? This is no job for I a girl. Know, Phil, Look, Mr. Dyer, this girl has been on plenty of tough assignments. Not as dangerous as this. Even more dangerous than this. You see, I'm a Daily Planet reporter, too. I don't care. This is tough business, and we can't let you take the chance. Oh, now, you... don't be silly. I'm not. I'm just oh, thinking... Oh, not, not, Phil. You know that what we need is a reporter for a big city newspaper who isn't afraid to go out after the truth, who isn't scared to print it. Right, but a girl. This job is too dangerous. Will I you tell stop you. I had to bring that? a pill. There's no telling when Ken will be back, and I didn't dare wait. Well, you said this meeting was going to be today at noon, didn't you? That's right. All right, but right then. Let's stop wasting time and get to work. According to my watch, it's 11.15. Well, all right. I still don't like it, but if it's okay with you, it's Jerry. It's okay. Now, what do we do, Phil? Well, you start hiking along a narrow trail through these woods that starts at a point about 50 feet up ahead. Uh-huh. You well. follow the trail, and after you've gone about a mile and a half, mile you'll come to a stream. Okay. Follow that stream until it brings you out into a big clearing. Yeah. That's where the meeting's being held. Okay, I got it. Come on, Miss Lane. Now, wait a minute. Before we go, can't you give me some idea of what this meeting is about, Mr. Dyer? You'll see when you get there. Now, be careful, Jerry, because they'll be on the lookout for any outsiders. And if you get caught, well, it might be too bad. I know. Don't worry. We'll be careful. Who will be on the lookout? You'll find that out, too, Miss Lane. Save it, Miss Lane, please. We've got to get started now. So long, Phil. See you later. Right. And good luck to both of you. Thanks. And remember, be careful. Okay. Come on, Miss Lane. Lead the way. I'm right behind you. A heart beating rapidly, Lois Lane follows Jerry Barton into the dense woods. As meanwhile, on the trail of the elderly telegrapher, Abner Sykes, Superman has arrived at a toll bridge 60 miles north of Freeville, where he is questioning the man in charge. You 
Say you know Abner Sykes? Sure do, Superman. You're positive he hasn't come over this bridge in the past hour. Yep, I know he hasn't. That's strange. He was headed this way, and he's nowhere on the road ahead or behind. Well, maybe he turned off on a side road. Well, there are only two or three side roads, and I didn't see him on any of them. Well, I didn't search them thoroughly. I better go back and do that now. Hey, listen. What will Abner do? Huh? Must have been something important to have you after him. Well, he didn't do anything wrong, if that's what you mean. But he can help me on something important. Something very important. So I've got to find him. That's so. What's it all No about? time to explain now. Thanks very much, though. Up and away! Lucifer, jump right up into the sky! His mouth gaping, the bridge tender watches in amazement as Superman rockets away in search of Abner Sykes. Will he find the old telegrapher? And meanwhile, what of Lois Lane and Jerry Barton on their hazardous mission in the woods? In the dense woods, several miles from Freeville, Lois Lane is following Jerry Barton along a narrow, twisting trail, crowded with brambles and overhung by moss. Finally breaks the silence. Look, Jerry, how much farther is this? I'm getting winded. Can't be much farther, Miss Lane. What? It's all set of... Wait. Hold it. What's the matter? I thought I heard something. Hey! Did that? Yes. Hey, hey! Somebody's coming this way. Quick, Miss Lane, get off the trail. We've got to hide. Hey! Oh! I don't know where Hank got me. Come over here and help me look. Get down low, Miss Lane. Coming this way. They see us with dead pigeons. Crouching in the thick brambles and damp moss, Lois Lane and Jerry Barton hold their breaths as the unseen men converge toward them. Will Lois and Jerry be discovered? What is the mysterious meeting which the war veterans is so eager to have Lois over here? Well, Superman, many miles away, searches for Abner Sykes, whom he believes holds the key to the Freeville mystery. Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and suspense, so be sure not to miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. 
I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Hello, Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman speeds his determined way to solve the mystery of Prevel. Little realizing that Lois Lane, proceeding on her own, now stands in dire peril of her very life. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know what I think is particularly swell about those snappy comic buttons in that new series Kellogg's Pep is putting out? Well, I think they sort of hold our Superman gang together. All you fellows and girls have something in common because you're all collecting these exciting new comic buttons and having great fun, too. First of all, there's the thrill of seeing which button's inside every time that Mom opens a new package of Pep. If it's a brand new one, well, you can pin it with the others right on your jacket or your dresser cap. Or, if it's a duplicate, you know, like one that you already have, why, that's even more fun. Because then you have the business of swapping with one of your pals. And you'll want every single one of these 18 new buttons, too. From Judy and Corky right on up to Superman. And you can get them. Sure, easy as anything. You just ask Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pet. And don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And remember, you can't buy these prizes anywhere, but look for one inside every package of pet that you open. That's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, the sunny golden toasted whole wheat flakes. Yes, sir, Pep certainly makes your appetite sit right up and take notice these cold winter mornings. It's such a solid, hearty sort of dish for breakfast. So remember, be sure that you ask Mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. In Freeville, center of a farm area which is in the grip of a prolonged drought, mysterious goings-on have involved Clark Kent and Lois Lane to the point where both reporters received anonymous warnings to leave town. And when they defied the threats, an attempt was made on Lois's life. An attempt was also made on the life of Abner Sykes, the local telegrapher, who was about to give them the key to the mystery before he was frightened into leaving Freeville without revealing his destination. Then, while Kent, as Superman, searched for the telegrapher, Lois joined forces with Jerry Barton, a young war veteran who led her through dense woods bound for a secret meeting which he promised would provide the answers to all her questions. But suddenly, as they approached the meeting place, men's voices were heard nearby. Jerry hastily led Lois off the trail. And as we continue now, they are crouching in a mass of brambles. Listen. Keep down low, Miss those men spot us weird dead pigeons. Why, Jerry? Who are they? They work for the big shot. I caught a glimpse of one of them. He's wearing yellow suspenders. He was wearing what? Yellow suspenders. Yellow su- gallus, as they call them down here. All the big shots followers with them. Same as he does. But who is the big oh, shot? Miss Lane, they're getting closer. Hey, where in Darnation you been, Hank? I went to the spring for a drink. Mm-hmm. Why? You're supposed to watch the trail, that's why. Supposing some outsiders got in here. Oh, relax, Charlie. Couldn't know outsiders get in without my seeing them. Well, we can't be too careful. A couple of reporters from Metropolis came to Freeville yesterday. When asking questions. They must be in Clark and me. Yeah, yeah, don't you right. worry. They won't come tracing around here if they know what's good for them. Oh, they better not. Well, most time for the meeting to get started. Let's get over there. Wait. Who's going to watch out back here? Great. 
You'll be along pretty soon. Come on. Okay, Miss Lane, come on. They're out of sight now. But don't make any more noise than you have to. may be looking around, so watch it. Just follow me and don't say any more till we see how the land lies. All right, Jerry. Lead on. Walking swiftly, but as quietly as they can, Jerry Barton and Lois walk through the woods for a quarter of a mile. And suddenly, at a hand signal from Jerry, Lois stops. A little below them and just ahead stretches a large clearing in the woods, in which are some 200 sunburned, straw-hatted men and women, dressed in frayed overalls and calico dresses. A huge barbecue pit in which several pigs are roasting stands at one end of the clearing, and husky shirt-sleeved men wearing bright yellow suspenders serve meat and cold drinks to the crowd. A roughly built plank platform stands in the middle of the clearing. Alone on the platform, another shirt-sleeved man with yellow suspenders works hard at a pipeless organ. We'll be able to hear everything from here, Miss Lane, but keep back behind the tree where they can't see you. Okay. This is one of those backwoods political rallies. Barbecue, music, and all the trillings. And speeches? Yeah. That's what I brought you here to hear. Look, if this is just a political rally, why all the secrecy? And the guards out in the woods? Because the people running this show don't want what they call outsiders to know what's going on. But why? I don't see anything wrong. Well, here's where you find out, Miss Lane. Look. See those two men climbing up on the speaker's platform? Yes. They look familiar. Oh, that's Mr. Leonard, the editor of the Freeville Gazette. That's right. And Mr. Clayton, the ex-governor of this state, the one they call Uncle Ed. Well, you know there was a contested senator election this week. Yes, I know. And they're going to run it off next month. Uncle Ed wants to be our next senator. Oh, I get it. All right. Let's listen to him talk. Just keep your ears open, Miss Lane. That's the regular hate preacher's line.
The land we veterans got was state-owned, reclaimed swamp land that nobody ever wanted before. I know. This is terrible, Jerry. Clayton and his gang are trying to discredit us because they know they can't make men who fought a war against Nazis vote for old Uncle Ed. He knows that we'll work against him and try to wake the people up to the fact that he peddles the same poison Hitler did. I know, Jerry. I'm beginning to understand a lot about the mystery in Freeville now. Put those guns down, you fools. Don't move, I said, or this gun will go off. Now, you look here. We haven't done anything wrong and... Shut up and turn around. Now, wait a minute. You too, Button. And come along. Uncle Ed will want to see you. See us? What for? Say goodbye. But you two are going on a long trip. Now, start walking. Trapped, Lois Lane and Jerry Barton have no choice but to turn and march into the clearing, guarded by the long rifles of the two burly men wearing yellow suspenders. What will happen? As Lois Lane and Jerry Barton captured by Uncle Ed Clayton's followers, Superman, mystified by his failure to find old Abner Sykes, the telegrapher, has returned to the hotel in Preville where he had left Lois. Finding Lois gone, he has resumed the guise and garb of reporter Clark Kent and is questioning Mr. Keeler, the hotel manager. Left the hotel, Mr. Keeler? That's right, Mr. Kent, a couple of hours ago. But she promised to stay right here. Was she alone? No, she went out with Jerry Barton. Jerry Barton? Yes, uh, he's yes, that young fellow. But have you any idea where they went? Well, I noticed them drive off in the car. That's all I know. Oh, Scott, I gave Lewis strict orders not to leave the hotel. Yeah, what's that? No, never mind. Thanks, Mr. Keeler. Thank uh, you. You're, you're welcome. I don't like this. Got to find Lois. I've got a hunch that this time she's walked into real trouble. <laughs> Hurrying from the hotel, Clark Kent steps into an airway and swiftly resumes his true identity of Superman. Then, up, up, and away! Leaping high into the bright sky, the Man of Steel rockets away, bound for Jerry Barton's farm. But as we know, Jerry and Lois Lane are in serious trouble, a long distance away from his farm. What will happen to the young war veteran and girl reporter, who are now in the hands of the Men of Hate? Will Superman be able to trace them? And in time... Don't miss Monday's thrilling episode, fellows and girls. Be sure to tune in. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. 
Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P E P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, alarmed to find Lois Lane gone, speedily sets out to find her, little realizing that the girl reporter is already in the clutches of Freeville's bigoted villains. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, you know how much fun it is to look through a photograph album? Well, you know, you've got a sort of photograph album in full view for everybody to see when you wear your collection of pet comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. Yes, sir, these bright-colored comic buttons in the new series that Kellogg's Pep is putting out are true-to-life pictures of your favorite funny paper friends. And there were 18 new and different buttons in the series. Characters like Pat Patton and Tess Trueheart and Chief Brandon and Vitamin Flintheart and Superman, of course. Boy, is it a load of fun collecting these pet comic buttons and swapping duplicates with your friends, too. Boy, you wouldn't want to miss out. So hop to it, gang. Ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep. That's right. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. All you do is to look for your prize every time you open a new package of Kellogg's Pep. And look for some mighty delicious eating, too, because Pep is loaded with catchy, sunny flavor. The golden toasted flavor that's got come on in every bite. Pep is called the sunshine cereal. It's mighty good for you with all that sunshine vitamin D. Plus... Energy Vitamin B1. So, gang, get your good eating and exciting prizes from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. Soon after arriving in the farming area of Freeville to cover the story of a strange and ruinous drought, Clark Kent and Lois Lane received anonymous warnings to get out. And when they ignored the threats, an attempt was made on Lois's life. Then Abner Sykes, the elderly local telegrapher, was also attacked. Frightened, Sykes left the vicinity, and while Kent as Superman searched for the telegrapher, Lois went with Jerry Barton, a young war veteran, to a secret political rally held in the woods. There, they heard the Honorable Edward C. Clayton, known to the natives as Uncle Ed, ex-governor and now a candidate for senator, make a vicious, un-American speech. But before Lois and Jerry could leave, they were discovered by Uncle Ed's henchmen. 
And as we continue now, they stand in the far corner of a large clearing, guarded by a burly man with a rifle. Across the clearing, Uncle Ed is shaking hands with his departing followers, the local farmers and villagers, and their wives. Listen. Now look here, you. I'd advise you to put that rifle down and let us pass her up. I'd advise you to stay right where you are, Miss Lane. This gun is loaded, you know. That goes with you too, Barton. Nothing doing. You'd you better can't do make... what the man says, Miss Lane. Why should I, Jerry? After hold all, it. I'm... Well, a... hold it. Here comes Uncle Ed in person. Oh, good. I want to tell him just what I think of an ex-governor and a man who wants to be senator, making such a rabble-rousing speech and trying to turn one group of Americans against another. Well, now what's this? Seems to me I see the faces of two old friends. Friends, huh? <laughs> why, why, Miss Lane? It does me good to see your charming face again. Oh. Barton Mahan, sir. Oh, hi. Oh, hold on, Mr. Clayton. Why? These folks can't be your friends. They they spy. Uh, what's that? Yeah, Hank and me caught them snooping around. How dare you call us spies? Why, of course you're not spies, Miss Lane. Why, why spies are emissaries from the enemy. But we haven't any enemies around here. Well, we're all brothers, fellow Americans, that is. Listen, you old wind. Now, look, you don't get it, Uncle Ed. This gal is a reporter from a big paper. Well, I know Trump that, us. Charlie. I know that. I know she's a reporter from the Daily Planet. Great newspaper which spreads the gospel of liberty for a and free speech. Isn't that right, Miss Lane? Well, well, yes. But how dare you yes, get... Yes, I always say, I always say that you can't have liberty without free speech. Yes, but free speech doesn't mean the right to tell lies in order to incite people to violence. Huh? It doesn't give you license to turn one group against another the way you just did in your speech, Mr. Clayton. You're right, better, my dear Miss Lane. I, I wasn't turning nobody against nobody. Well, you call it when you say the war veterans who've been given homesteads in this county are foreigners. Well, well, you I... know that's not true. <laughs> you know that they're all good Americans, boys who fought and bled for America. Well, now, well, now well, let, lots of them are foreigners. You can tell by the names and where the folks come from. According to the Bill of Rights, my bigoted friend, every American, regardless of how he spells his name or, or parts his hair or, or how he chooses to worship his God, is entitled to equal rights. And what's more, I fought the war with thousands of the men that you call foreigners. I fought with a side and I saw them die. Nobody asked them what church they belonged to when they sent them out to fight the Germans and Japs. You bet they didn't. And no bullet ever drew a color line either. You see, that's just what I mean. What you what mean? You mean? Uh, yes, sir. That's exactly what I mean. All brothers under the grand old stars and stripes. Brother Americans, oh, that is. brother. Uh, you may quote me on that in your great paper, Miss Lane. I'll quote you, all right, you, you hypocritical windbag. I'll quote the un-Americanism, the, the, the Nazism that you just... No, no, you won't do no such thing. Oh, yeah. Charlie, you're not uh, going to easy get there, Charlie. Not... Easy, like I say, I believe in free speech. I believe in everything it says in the Bill of Rights and in the glorious Constitution. I'll just bet you do. Come on, Jerry. All right, now, hold go. on. Hold, look here, Uncle Ed. You ain't going to let these two just walk Why, out. Why, of course I am, Charlie. Why not? They're friends of mine. But, but I can't. However, however, Charlie, I, I want you and Hank to escort them. Uh, just so they'll be safe. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, oh, I, Father, I know the way. Uh, Come on, Miss Lane. Just a minute, friend Barton, just a minute. Some of my other friends around here just might get the wrong idea about you, like uh, Charlie and Hank did. So I'm sending these two boys along with you to, uh, well, to make sure nothing will happen. Uh, Charlie, take them around by Cider Creek. Uh, meet less folks that way. But, but that... Uh, oh, 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 yeah, I, I get it. Uh, Hank, uh, come over here. Wait a minute. We don't need your guard, Mr. Clayton. Of course we don't. We'd rather go along. No, no, don't argue, my friends. Uh, this here is my state, you know, and I personally see to it that nothing happens to anybody in it. Oh. So uh, you go along with the boys now. Well, I, I got to be getting along myself now, so good luck to you, Miss Lane. You, Mr. Barton. I don't like this, Miss Lane. He's up to something. What do you mean, Jerry? Well, he's being so nice to us. Okay, okay. Get going, you two. Straight ahead. Come on, Jerry. I want to get back to Seville anyway and see Clark Kent. 
Clayton mentioned Cider Creek. I know these parts pretty well. I never heard of any Cider Creek. You didn't? No. And besides, the way we're heading now, upstream, that's just the opposite way, the way we want to go. Well, gee, that's funny. Wait a minute, let's stop a minute. Now, what are you stopping for? Keep them moving. Wait, I want to get something straight. First, I never heard of any Cider Creek. And second, I can tell from the sun that we're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, me and my rifle says you're heading the right way, see? Get moving. But why are we going... Get on, get... Come on, Harry. There's no use arguing. Well, okay. But something tells me we're in for trouble, Miss Lane. Bad trouble. Uneasily, Lois Lane and Jerry Barton walk in the direction indicated by Charlie and Hank. Follow silently, holding their rifles at the alert. Meanwhile, finding nobody at Jerry Barton's farm, Superman has arrived at the Legion post, situated at a crossroads in the heart of the veterans' farm community. Once more in his guise of Clark Kent, he is speaking to the only person there, a red-headed veteran named Don Smith. See, Don, Miss Lane left Freeville a couple of hours ago with Jerry Barton. I'm rather worried about her. Miss Lane's with Jerry. You've got nothing to worry about, Mr. Kent. I can't be too sure. After all, one attempt was already made on her life. I hope you don't think we veterans were responsible. Well, no, but I... Don't believe everything you hear around Freeville. Certain people, important people, are trying to discredit us veterans and get us out of the state. I know, and I intend to find out about that. Right now, though, I'm worried about Miss Lane. Haven't you any idea where Jerry Barton is? All I can tell you, Mr. Kent, is that Jerry and Phil Dyer, another one of our boys, is on the trail of something important today. What is this something important, Doc? I don't know. I couldn't tell you if I did. They ought to be back any time now. Relax. (laughs) I guess I'll have to. Don't worry. Jerry and Phil know their way around. They... Uh Uh-oh. Excuse me. What's the matter? Time for the weather report. But should we get the same old malarkey? What's that? Well, oh, wait a minute. There's Mr. Cheerful now. Vicinity, heavy rains. Rains? through the day and into the night. For tomorrow... Ah, I heard enough. Same old stuff, all right. Wait a minute, Don. That means your dry spell is broken. Are you kidding? We've been getting reports of rain every day for the past month. You have? Sure. This is supposed to be the rainy season out here, you know. Well, I know. So every just... day, every day, the weatherman says that it's raining here. And every day he's talking through his hat. Well, that's strange. Well, you're telling me. Very strange. I wonder... What? No, no, it can't be. But just the same, I'll look into that as soon as I find Lois. Oh, where are your friends and Miss Lane? Why don't they get easy, back? Easy, easy, Mr. Kent. They'll be back any minute, I'm sure. I certainly hope so. Frankly, I'm worried, Don. Badly worried. Fretfully, Clark Kent faces the floor of the little legion post, waiting for Jerry Barton and Phil Dyer to return with Lois Lane. What is happening to Lois and Jerry Barton? Closely guarded and followed by two armed men, yellow suspender-wearing followers of Uncle Ed Clayton, Lois Lane and Jerry Barton have proceeded to follow an almost impenetrable trail through a dense forest. Now they are ordered to halt. I wonder what we're stopping here for. Because from here on in, you go alone. What? Alone? Yeah, you don't need no more escort. But where are we? How do we get out of the... Just follow your nose straight ahead about 50 yards and you'll have nothing to worry about. Wait a minute. Does that take us out on the highway? Yeah. End of the trail, sort of. And the beginning of a new road. A new road? I don't like the sound of this, Jerry. No, neither do I. Get along with you now. Don't try coming back this way because we'll be waiting. Go on. Well, all right. But that highway better be there. Come on, Miss Lane. Okay. But keep your eyes open, Jerry. Remember what I said now? Don't try coming back this way. Just keep right on walking. Yeah, just keep on walking. Till you fetch up in the quicksand, Bob. <laughs> yeah. They'll be in that quicksand in a minute. When we hear them thrashing and yelling, we'll know they'll never give us nor Uncle Ed no more trouble. Smiling evilly, the two men 
stand by and watch cold-bloodedly as Lois Lane and Jerry Barton unwittingly walk directly toward a hidden quicksand bog. And what seems like certain death. What will happen as Superman, still unaware of their predicament, waits fretfully for news of them? There's a thrill a minute in tomorrow's exciting episode, gang, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Superman gets a hunch that means the beginning of the end of the evil mystery strangling the town of Freeville. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, I'll bet there's nothing that you look forward to more eagerly than following the adventures of your favorite characters in the funny papers. That's why those comic buttons in the new series that come as prizes and packages of Kellogg's Pet are making such a hit. Because it's just as if these folks like the Little Moose and the Goofy and Beezy and Superman had come alive. You have their bright colored pictures on sturdy white enameled metal buttons that you're mighty proud to wear pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. Yes, sir, every single one of these 18 new and different buttons is a honey. And remember, these pep comic buttons are easy to get. You don't have to spend a single penny of your allowance. You don't even have to send in a box stop. Actually, you can't buy these buttons anywhere. They come only as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pep. That's P-E-P, the sunshine cereal. Yes, and Pep's a dish that's just right for breakfast these cold mornings. It's so sunny and, and golden toasted and delicious. Why, that famous sunshine flavor is so doggone tantalizing, your spoon keeps digging in for more. And before you know it, your bowl's polished clean as a whistle. Mom likes that because Pep's so good for you. So ask her to get you some Kellogg's Pep next time she goes shopping. And now, the adventures of Superman. While Superman searched for them, Lois Lane and Jerry Barton, a young war veteran, were eavesdropping at a secret political rally in the woods at which Edward C. Clayton, rabble-rousing ex-governor and senatorial candidate, made a vicious, un-American speech. Discovered by Clayton's henchmen, Lois and Jerry, to their surprise, were greeted cordially by Clayton, who assigned two men to escort them safely through the woods. After a long walk, the men instructed them to continue straight ahead, saying they would soon reach a highway. The men then departed, chuckling over the fact that the girl reporter and the war veteran were headed directly toward a deadly bog of quicksand. As we continue now, Lois and Jerry have emerged from the trees, where before them stretches what appears to be a mossy clearing. Listen. Look, Jerry. You can see the highway through those trees. Gee, our tough friends were on the level after all. Well, it's a highway, all right, Miss Lane. 
But it's miles from where we left my car. I wonder what was the idea to bring us way out here. Well, Clayton said we might get hurt if we ran into any of his followers. Maybe that's why he sent us the long way round. Maybe. But I wouldn't trust that guy as far as I can throw a Sherman tank, Miss Lane. Oh, neither would I, but he wouldn't dare let anything happen to us. I don't know about that. Well, we'll talk about him later. Right now, I'm anxious to get back to Freeville and tell Clark Kent all about this, Jerry. Have you got your breath back? Sure. Come on, then. Let's go. Okay. When we get on the highway, we'll fly the car and we get... Jerry! Look out! What the... Jerry! I... I can't walk! Gee, look at that, Miss Lane. We've walked into a quicksand board. Oh, no! Yes! Look, stop crashing around. It'll only pull you under faster. But, but I've got... Try to work your way over that limb. It's hanging over the edge of the bog. But... We can but, get, get a hold of those branches. We can pull ourselves out. But I... I can't move. I keep thinking deeper. You've got to keep trying, Miss Lane. You've got to. It's no use, Jerry. I'm almost down to my waist now. Try to keep calm, Miss Lane. I'm getting closer to that tree. No, you're not. You're, you're thinking, too. Help! Help! No use, Nellie. That's no use. Help! They can hear us on the highway. It's too far. There's nobody around here. But those men who let us here, Charlie and Hank, they can't be far away. Charlie! Hank! Don't waste your breath Help! pulling them. Stop it, Miss Lane. Can't you see they planned for us to fall in this bog? What? Do you remember that Clayton rat told him to take us by way of Cider Creek? I said there wasn't any Cider Creek. Oh, oh! Well, he obviously meant for them to lead us into this quicksand. Get rid of us that way so that we couldn't spread the story of how he's feeding natives hate poison down here. Oh, if I can only get my hands on him. I'm afraid you never will, Jack. Look, it's over my waist now. It'll do me Don't lose your head, Miss Lane. I'll get to that limb somehow. Oh, Jerry. Claude told me not to leave the hotel. He said I'd... Get into trouble if I did. Never mind that now. Just take it easy. While I try to reach that tree. As Lois Lane feels herself being dragged deeper and deeper into the bottomless depths of treacherous quicksand, Jerry Barton continues his valiant but hopeless attempt to reach the overhanging branch of a nearby tree, a feat which in his heart he knows is hopeless. But meanwhile, several miles away at the Veterans Legion post, Superman in disguise of Clark Kent is questioning Phil Dyer, a friend of Jerry Barton's who has just come in. Well, tell me about this political meeting you say Jerry took Miss Lane to, Dyer. Well, Mr. Kent, I found out this morning that Ed Clayton was going to hold a hate rally back in the woods for the natives around here. You mean the ex-governor, the one they call Uncle Ed? Yeah, that's the one. He's running for senator now, you know. Yes. When I found out what precautions his gang was taking to keep all outsiders away from the meeting, I figured it was big stuff. So I told Jerry, and we decided to smuggle you in. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what do you mean they were taking precautions to keep outsiders away? What precautions? Oh, Uncle Ed had guards spread all through the woods. Tough gents with rifles and pistols. Uh-oh, and you let Miss Lane walk into that setup? No, I didn't want to, Mr. Kent, but she insisted. Yeah, she would. I did my best to argue her out of it. Oh, all right, never mind that now. Where is this meeting being held? About nine miles south of here, in a big clearing near Puddler's Stream. Thanks very much, Tyre. I'll see you later. Well, uh, wait, I'll, I'll drive you over in my car. Oh, thanks, but I have, I have my own transportation. So long. <laughs> Hurrying from the Legion post, Clark Kent steps into a grove of trees, strips off his business suit to reveal the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Then, up, up, and away! Leaping high into the air, Superman rockets away to the south, over fields and woods, and checks his light above a large clearing near a stream, where a rough plank platform stands. That must be the clearing Phil Dyer meant. Nobody here now, though. Lois and Jerry must have left with the others and gone back to Freeville. Well, that's a relief. Now I can turn back. Wait a minute. 
What's that? Every sense alert, Superman poses motionless in, in midair. As far in the distance, over the sounds of birds and stream and rustling trees, he hears a faint call, a human call for help. He listens, his amazingly acute hearing stream, his X-ray vision piercing the forest. Then, that's a man and a woman calling for help. Away! Red Scott, Lois and Jerry Barton, unconscious and being dragged under the surface of a quicksand bog. Down to them! Down! Lois, Jerry. Oh, if only I'm not too late. I've got to get them to a doctor in a hurry. Up with them now. There we are. Up and away! Wrenching the unconscious Lois Lane and Jerry Barton free of the treacherous quicksand, Superman sneaks away to find a doctor. Have the men of hate succeeded in silencing Lois and Jerry? After bringing Lois Lane and Jerry Barton to the home of a nearby country doctor, Superman soon learned that they would be all right. Then, leaving, he reappeared a short time later in the guise and garb of Clark Kent. And as we rejoin our friends now in the doctor's library, Lois and Jerry, wearing clothing donated by the doctor and his wife, sit in large chairs, relating their experience to Kent. You see, Clark, Uncle Ed Payton wanted to get rid of Jerry and me so we couldn't report the kind of un-American poison we heard him feeding the natives down here. That's right. No, no, I, I don't think that's the reason, Lois. Why, of course it is. We know now that it was his men who tried to scare you and me out of town. He did that so we couldn't find out how he's working to discredit the war veterans who've been given homesteads in this county. Men who represent a threat to his vicious political machine. She's right, Mr. Kent. Clayton knows that if he doesn't get rid of us veterans, we'll get rid of him eventually. Well, that may be true, Jerry. Why, Jerry tells me that Uncle Ed owns most of the town. The hotel, Fred Leonard's newspaper, practically everything. Sure. Why, Fred Leonard is Uncle Ed's stooge, Kent. And that's why everybody walked away when we tried to question them, Clark. They were either working for Uncle Ed or else Or were were... afraid of his goon squad. That's right. He's undoubtedly given orders not to talk to strangers, particularly reporters who would let the rest of the country know that the Honorable Ed Clayton, three times governor and now candidate for the Senate, has set up a regular little Nazi Germany right in this state. That was waste effort, Lois, because the rest of the country already suspects that Clayton is a hate monger and rabble rouser. What? Well, the... Then why don't they do something about it? That's a matter for the people of this state themselves to handle, Jerry. Oh, I see. No, Uncle Ed didn't try to get rid of you to keep his rotten tactics a secret, and the people of Freeville weren't worried about us discovering that either. Well, then why did they all look so frightened, and why did they walk away when we tried to question them? Because we questioned them about the drought. So what? I don't see what you're driving at. Neither do I, Kent. I'm not exactly sure myself, but something happened at the Legion Post today, and... Wait a minute, you, you said Clayton said something about the drought at his meeting in the woods today? Oh, yes, but it wasn't important. Well, tell me again what he said, Lois. It's really a laugh, Clark. He said he'd been praying to heaven to help him in his fight against the foreign war veterans. To heaven? Yes, and he said that heaven had answered his prayers. What? Uh-huh, he said that because of his prayers, there'd been no rain. And what was more, there wouldn't be any rain until the veterans' crops were completely ruined and the veterans were broken financially and forced to leave the state. Clayton said that? He certainly did, didn't he, Jerry? That's right. Why, can you imagine that windbag claiming to have a direct line to heaven? Why, that's blasphemy, that's what it is. And utter nonsense, which anybody in his right mind would laugh at. I don't know, Lois. Maybe Clayton knew what he was talking about. What? Are you out of your mind, Clark? Oh, I, I don't mean that I believe his prayers had anything to do with the drought, but... But maybe, just maybe, we've stumbled on the wildest, most amazing plot in history. <laughs> Puzzled, Lois Lane and Jerry Barton stare at Clark Kent, wondering what he can possibly mean by saying they may have stumbled on the most amazing plot in history. 
Does Kent suspect that Uncle Ed Clayton, the politician who plays on ignorant men's prejudices, can be responsible for a drought? How could that be? Don't fail to be with us tomorrow when Kent explains his theory. And more exciting and surprising things happen. Tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Superman tries to prove his conviction that Freeville's drought is man-made, he is unaware of the brutal obstacles planted in his way. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, there's one thing that I'm sure about, and that's that both fellows and girls hate to miss out on anything exciting. That's why all the gang's getting such a kick out of collecting those nifty comic buttons in that new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pet. Because you're really in the swim when you sport a jacket or a dress or cap with these colorful buttons pinned on it. You want everybody to, to know how many different funny people characters you've collected, too. Old favorites like Chief Brandon and Tess Trueheart and, and Superman himself. And, you know, it's even more exciting to trade duplicates with your friends. And these pet comic buttons are so doggone good-looking that, well, you just show me a fellow or girl who, who would want to miss out on even one of the 18 new and different buttons in the series. Now, how you get these pep comic buttons is important. You don't send in any money, not even a buck stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pet and look inside every package for your prize. And you'll find some mighty swell eating in a package of Pep, too. A breakfast dish with a sunny, golden toasted flavor that's mighty satisfying these cold, wintry mornings. Every single whole wheat flake is crisp. Every spoonful gives your morning appetite a real lift. So ask Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now the adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, heard Uncle Ed Clayton, ex-governor and now a candidate for the Senate, make a vicious un-American speech against the war veterans who had taken homesteads in his county, she thought she had solved the mystery of Freeville. But Clark Kent, who as we know is Superman, said she was not entirely right and declared that the recent attacks on Lois, a young war veteran named Jerry Barton, and on old Abner Sykes, the local telegrapher, were somehow tied up with the prolonged dry spell in the community. As we continue now, Kent is querying Lois and Jerry Barton about their recent experience with the demagogue Ed Clayton. Listen. 
Now, let me get this straight, Lois. You say that in his speech at that secret rally, Uncle Ed said his prayers were responsible for the drought? That's right, Clark. He said heaven wouldn't let any rain fall until the veterans' crops were ruined and they were forced to leave the state. Did you ever hear such nonsense? And blasphemy. Uh, that's blasphemy, all right, but I think it's a tip-off to what is probably the most amazing plot in history. A plot? Well, what do you mean, Mr. Kent? Well, it's just a foggy notion at the moment, Jerry. It'll sound wild and incredible, but... Will you please tell us what you're driving at, Clark? Oh, wait a minute, Lord. Let's go over this one step at a time. You came to Freeville to cover a simple human interest story from the drought, didn't you? Well, yes, of course. Well, when you but... tried to talk to the natives, they looked frightened and walked away without answering, right? Well, yes, but that's because practically everyone around Freeville works for Uncle Ed Clayton, or has other reasons to be afraid of him, and they know he doesn't like strangers around, particularly reporters who would discover that the Honorable Mr. Clayton has practically set up a little Nazi Germany in this state. That's right, Mr. Kent, and that's why Clayton's men tried to get rid of Miss Lane and me in that quick sandbox when they caught us listening in on that speech that he made to his followers. No, Jerry. Uh-uh. Clayton knows that the rest of the country is pretty well aware of his being a rabble-rouser and hate-monger. He wasn't afraid of your discovering that. Well, then why does he resort to secret meetings? Because he'd rather no one other than his faithful followers would know what he'd said about the drought. The drought? Mm -hmm. You mean that nonsense about his prayers causing it? That's right. Look, I may be thick, Clark, but I don't get it. Oh, neither do I. Well, look, why, despite this being the rainy season, and despite the fact that the weather reports called for rain practically every day for the past month, has there been no rain? I don't know, but, Mr. Kent, you don't really believe that Ed Clayton's prayers had anything to do with it, do you? Of course not. But I'm not so sure that Ed Clayton himself doesn't have something to do with it. Are you kidding? Well, you just Wait said a minute, that Jerry. You... Clark, are you trying to say that you think Uncle Ed, by some some hocus-pocus or other, keeps the rain away from Freeville? That's my hunch, Lois. Oh, now, look, Clark. I told you it would sound wild and incredible. Wild and incredible? Why, it sounds crazy, mad, just out of this world. It certainly does. I've never heard anything so ridiculous in my whole life. Uh, look, Uncle Ed Clayton, the rain preventer. Well, I only... And that from you, a newspaper reporter. If you listen just for a listen moment, I'll... For my money, Uncle Ed is simply taking advantage of an unusual drought to play on the superstitions and prejudices of the natives. I think that's the answer, Kent. Clayton would do anything to get rid of us veterans because he knows that the men who fought Hitler won't stand for his setting himself up as a Hitler right here in the USA. Well, that's true, but... but... as for his being able to cause a drought, but just in order to break us and drive us out of the state, what? Well, that's just plain silly. And how? Okay, you both had your say and you may be right, but before I say more, I'm going to take a little trip and I'd like you to come along, Lois. Where are you going? To the nearest weather observation station. Happen to know where that is, Jerry? Sure, that's in Rawlings, about 18 miles north of here. Fine. Now, well, wait I... a minute. Why do you want to go there, Clark? You called me a bum reporter a moment ago. Don't you, as a good reporter, think that 30 days of rain predictions followed by 30 days of drought deserves a statement from a meteorologist? Well, yes. How do we get to Rawlings, Jerry? Well, that's easy. Just about every northbound train out of Freeville goes through Rawlings. Okay. Now, look, you lay low until we get back, Jerry. Okay, Mr. Don't worry. You fellas are not licked yet. Sit tight until you hear from us. Come on, Lois. Leaving Jerry Barton, Kent and Lois go to the Freeville Depot and take a train to Rawlings. And a short time later, they're in the office of John Murray, chief county meteorologist, where they question the weatherman. How can you explain the fact that your weather predictions have been wrong for 30 days? Frankly, Mr. Kent, I can't explain it. You see, our predictions are based on reports which come in constantly by teletype from as many as 1,000 to 1,500 observers. That many observers? That's right, Miss Lane. They are men stationed throughout the country at levels ranging from 1,000 to 30,000 feet above sea level to report on the precipitation, atmospheric pressure, wind velocity, and so on in their areas. Yes. Then we record all reports on surface synoptic and pressure charts. I see. From all that data assembled and charted, we're then able to predict with reasonable accuracy the weather in a given area up to 72 hours in advance. And how come you've been so wrong about Freeville? I can't understand it. Ordinarily, there's a good deal of rain in that area during this season. Well, would you call it a freak of nature? I can't give any other explanation. 
Usually, when such a phenomenon occurs, we can trace some warm air currents which evaporate the moisture in the saturated clouds, thus causing drought. Wait a minute. What's that about warm air currents, Mr. Murray? During the war, our meteorologists in the African desert saw their predictions go haywire, then discovered that freak air currents, apparently coming from nowhere, suddenly spiraled up from the desert sands. I see. But there's no desert around Freeville. I know, Ken. There are mountains, of course, and they often affect the atmosphere and rain clouds. But mountains never caused a situation like this, did they? No, never to my knowledge. This drought has me stumped. Well, I guess that's that, Carl. Excuse me, Lois. Look, Mr. Murray, you say that warm air currents can evaporate the moisture in a saturated cloud? That's right. Well, have you ever heard of anyone being able to uh, create warm air currents in amounts large enough to affect rainfall? Oh, well, Kate. Oh, come now, Clark. Are you still harping on that? Just a minute, Now, stop being silly. Clark has a wild idea, Mr. Murray, that Uncle, uh, uh, that that somebody might be deliberately doing something to prevent the rain from falling over Freeville. Did you ever hear anything so absurd? Well, is it absurd, Mr. Murray? I'm afraid it is, Kent. There, you see? Of course, there are a lot of experiments being conducted. I won't say that in time precipitation won't be able to be controlled over a given area, but... But you don't think anyone's discovered a way of doing that yet? I'm afraid not. You know the old saying, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody can do anything about it. Are you satisfied now, Clark? Uh, not exactly, but it seems I'm overruled by experts. Well, thanks very much, Mr. Murray. You're quite welcome. I hope you won't be too hard on me in your newspaper. Oh, no, of course not. It isn't your fault. Right. Goodbye, and thanks again. Goodbye, Mr. Murray. Goodbye. Well, what do we do now? We didn't get much of a story to put on the wires, Clark. And, oh, if I know the chief, he's going to be hopping mad. Uh, if I could only find old Abner... What did you say? Abner Sykes, you know, the old Freeville telegrapher. Good grief, I forgot all about him. Weren't you able to find him, Clark? No, and that's another thing I can't understand. He just seems to have disappeared. Now, come on, let's get out of here. Well, that proves my theory, then. Hmm? What theory? That after somebody tried to shoot him, undoubtedly one of dear old Uncle Ed's hoodlums, Sykes just up and left Freeville. Well, could be, but that also proves my theory. What's your theory? That Abner Sykes knows something very important. Something Uncle Ed Clayton didn't want him to tell us. And my hunch is that what he knows is the secret of the drought. What are you talking about, Clark? You just heard that it isn't a secret. It's a freak, a freak of nature. Maybe, but... Look, Lois, there's a nice-looking restaurant across the street. Go on over and have something to eat while you wait there for me, will you? Wait for you? Where are you going? I, uh, I've got a little idea I want to check. Oh, now... Now, go on. Be a good girl and have dinner without me. I'll be back soon. So long. Away from Lois, Clark Kent walks around the municipal building, stops in a dark alleyway, and then strips to the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Well, maybe I am all wet, but I want to have a look around Freeville again just to double check. Up and away! Leaping up into the twilight sky, Superman rockets away to the Freeville area of village, farms, and spreading woodland, where, for several minutes, he moves slowly through the air, searching the terrain below him. Then he streaks away to the looming mountains, swooping and coasting above them, his keen eyes continuously probing. Finally, as the evening closes in, he shakes his head ruefully. That looks as if Lois, Jerry Barton, and Mr. Murray were right and I was wrong, because there's nothing the least bit suspicious around here. This drought must be a natural one, freak of nature, so that's that. Huh, wait a minute. What's that far over there in the woods? It looks like... Yes, it is! Away! On every ounce of speed in his muscles, Superman rockets away toward the distant woods, where something has excited his interest. What has he seen? As we rejoin him now, Superman has arrived over a patch of woods high on a mountain slope. Looking down, he observes a mass of flames whose flickering brightness had drawn his attention from far away. There's a cabin on fire. Uh oh, a man inside the cabin, unconscious. Down to him. Down! There he is. 
Now, let's break Scott. It's the Freeville Telegrapher. Old Abner Sykes. For a startled moment, Superman stares at the unconscious old man for whom he had searched in vain. The one person he is certain can solve the riddle which has so far stumped him. The relation between the drought and Uncle Ed Clayton, the man of hate. Then a split second later, Superman speaks upward from the blazing cabin with Abner Sykes in his arms. Will the telegrapher live and be able to reveal what he knows about the mystery of the Freeville drought? We'll know more tomorrow, gang. So don't miss the next thrilling episode in this exciting story of mystery and intrigue. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!